five, four, three, two, one. Lift off of the Falcon 9. Hi, I'm Mark Boucher of Space Q, and this is an episode of Short Takes. Short Takes are short interviews or short speeches with leaders in the space sector. This recording is from Friday, October 19th, 2018, at the Montreal Space Symposium. In it, Adam Trumpour announces the newly created Canada Rocket Innovation Challenge. Listen in. So I think uh, probably everybody here knows that space internationally is at a crossroads right now. We are seeing an unprecedented time of change where established uh, companies and established national players are increasingly being challenged by new entrants like uh, you know, noticeably uh, SpaceX. And I think it's also no secret that for a very long time Canada has not been doing enough to meet that challenge. Uh, while other countries have been uh, increasing their, their investments in space, in Canada that has been falling for years, and we've uh, dropped from spending about uh, uh, number eight in the world uh, in terms of our space investments as a function of GDP uh, back in 1992. We're now uh, down to number 18 in the world. So we need to be doing better than this. Now. There are a number of uh, challenges that we have faced in Canada, but uh, one of the ones that I'm going to focus on is this. So when most people think about space in Canada, they think of things like what I'm showing here. We've got niche technology areas that we are known for and that we do very well in. But unfortunately, the dark side of this has been that historically there has been very little support for anything that is perceived to not fall into those niche areas. And it leads, unfortunately, to this very self-limiting mindset that says, you know, we're a very small country, we can't do everything, we need to focus on our niche areas to the exclusion of all else. But there's a really interesting disconnect here, because while most people look at what we do in space and see the obvious things like this, these priority technology niche areas, if you actually step back, and widen your field of view a little bit and look at what's really going on in Canada, you see something kind of surprising. You see things like these. You see an incredibly vibrant and rapidly growing rocketry community in, in Canada, nationwide, in a field that most people don't realize that we do in Canada. <coughs> Interestingly enough, this is grassroots rocketry. This doesn't come from a top-down, government-led approach to space. Rather, this has happened by uh, the work of individuals who have uh, gotten passionate about uh, this field. They see what's happening at companies like SpaceX and Rocket Lab and in other countries, and they are no longer content to be told that we can't do this in Canada. This includes people like myself, who build hardware like what you see here. Um, when I'm not uh, working at Pratt & Whitney, I design, build, and test fire liquid propellant rocket engines and uh, do my best to be an impoverished Canadian Elon Musk and uh, spend a lot of time uh, mentoring a growing number of students who are branching out into this area. And then there are the students 
Ten years ago, there was almost nothing going on in rocketry in Canada, and I felt like a cry in the wilderness. Now there are well over 500 active students across the country um, working at student rocket teams. Uh, all of them are building very sophisticated vehicles and some really interesting technologies, and many of them are even getting into their own hybrid and liquid rocket propulsion systems. And they are absolutely dominating at international competitions, particularly the Spaceport America Cup in the United States. Now, while this is a very new trend in Canada, um, it's growing fast, and it's not new internationally. In fact, nor is it a fringe activity. From the very earliest days of the space race, it's been the work of amateurs, these grassroots innovators, that have driven space activities. From Robert Goddard, who invented the liquid rocket engine, to Werner von Braun, and this is carried through to, to uh, today to uh, leading uh, players at companies like SpaceX and Blue Origin and Rocket Lab. Uh, so people like these are not just a fringe element. They have driven this industry from the very beginning, and we're just starting to wake up to that in Canada. But unfortunately, right now, our mindset here is completely out of step with this reality. Right now, there is almost no support for rocketry. Um, there is a largely unsupportive regulatory environment, uh, as uh, Neil had touched on, that doesn't even recognize the existence or the concept of amateur rocketry. And there is, uh, as a result of that, a lack of available places to fly, unless you happen to own a large plot of desert somewhere. Um, so because of this, and because of the general lack of opportunity that we've suffered um, in this country, people are usually forced to make uh, the choice of either giving up their passion uh, or leaving the country to uh, go somewhere else where they have a better chance of being able to pursue what they're interested in. So we're losing some of our very brightest, uh, most talented, and most motivated individuals because we don't support them here. Um, and when you have so much passion and talent, yet almost no support for it, uh, this represents a very serious disconnect. And in an increasingly high-tech, knowledge-driven world, um, and in a country where we want to consider ourselves to be a nation of innovators, this cannot continue. So if we acknowledge that this current state of affairs is not a good thing, then the question becomes, how do we change it? And there are no particularly easy answers to this because it's a complex and multifaceted problem. But like with most problems, you start by recognizing that it exists. You recognize that there is this talent pool already here. So we are not talking about trying to create something from nothing and build a capability that doesn't exist. The capability is here. People are doing it already. But so far, it's been diffuse, it's been constrained in silos, and it's been largely unsupported. Uh, so while there isn't a single solution to this, what we ultimately need to do is try to make sure that there is fertile ground so that people who want to pursue these types of innovative activities have the best possible opportunity to succeed at it. And one of the ways that has proven to be effective in doing this is incentive prize competitions. Um, they're also particularly nice because they are such a low overhead approach. 
it doesn't necessarily take a hundred million dollar top-down government-led initiative to do these kinds of things. Um, this grassroots approach can be very effectively harnessed to do much the same thing. Uh, and a really good example of that is the existing intercollegiate rocket engineering competition, or IREC, which gave the initial outlet for so many of Canadian uh, rocket teams to finally have a way to approach getting into uh, this field. Up until that was around, a lot of people had the interest, but they didn't have many opportunities to approach it. Um, but the competition changed that. So having done that effectively and having, having created this surge of interest across the country, the question is then, where do we take this from here? How can we push this forward? And as one example of, uh, of how that can be done, there is a fairly new competition that just got underway called the Base 11 Space Challenge. It's put on by a Los Angeles-based not-for-profit, and it's pretty much the most ambitious rocket competition ever conceived. It's a $1 million cash prize for the first student builds liquid propellant rockets to reach space. And I had the uh, privilege of helping to design that competition for Base 11, and I'm currently on its uh, safety council. Uh, the competition has been supported by companies like SpaceX, Blue Origin, Rocket Lab, uh, Firefly, Rocketdyne, NASA, Dassault Systems. So it's gotten an incredible amount of traction with the industry who recognize it as a powerful means of building a talent pipeline. And uh, after uh, advocating extensively for the amount of enthusiasm and talent that existed in Canada, Base 11 decided to open this competition to Canadian teams as well. And so there are five really ambitious teams from Canada that are taking part in this. Uh, one of them uh, has even partnered with the uh, university in Vienna as the only international collaboration in the project, which is a, another really unique uh, example of what these types of competitions can do and what they can help facilitate. So to give uh, one quick uh, take on the competition, I've got this video provided by Base 11. I think we can change the path of learning in a big way. And we should do it on Snap. When this generation of kids discover that they can do things they were not expecting, they become highly interested in learning more. It is the spiral of learning that you create. The field of engineering is all about innovation, finding solutions to problems. And if you look at the history of inventions in the world, all motivated by the experiences that the inventor has had. We all have different experiences. Each one of us, by virtue of the background and the upbringing and the communities where we live, we are different. I think about some kid that's going to say, wow, someone believed in me. We're going to have diverse teams, you know, kids from all around the world, but also kids that are going to be from Compton, from South Central, from these places that have historically maybe never been part of space and aviation. And now these kids will know that they can wear the blue flight suit and ride the rocket just like I do. My mom didn't graduate high school and my dad didn't graduate middle school. So I wasn't able to get that experience of having them show me or like tell me about the different types of careers in my own classes. When like I look around me and I see five girls and 30 boys, I see myself as a role model for little girls to understand that they can 
and also become rocket scientists. It's very important that women and minorities play a very, very significant role in this because as colleges and universities grow over the future, the majority of students who are going to be in those colleges and universities are going to be women and minorities. The exciting thing about Base 11 and what we're doing with this project is it's focused on under-resourced areas, but just as high-talented. That diversity when it comes together leads to bigger innovations, more successful initiatives, and makes it better for everyone, so it's a no-brainer. The Base 11 Space Challenge is one of the most incredibly creative, innovative things that I've ever seen. Putting the power in the hands of students to have them be able to win prize money for developing a liquid propelled rocket to go past the Von Karman line, which means you're in space. Once we put that power into the students' hands, they realize what access they have to not just changing the world, but changing the universe. And experiential learning is something that I did as a child when I built my mother's living room up with a chemistry set. It was age-appropriate, not OSHA certified. But now we have mentors from corporations, from government, working together with Base 11 to ensure that our kids are going to fly safely. And that's where it's so important to have these partnerships between academia and government and the industry base working together to ensure the pipelines there of skilled, qualified workers. Industry, the employers realize this, and that translates to mandate for us to be able to produce a diverse workforce that will lead to innovations that will propel the nation to the next height. We are going to open the possibility for companies to hire as a great value because we're going to empower them to solve problems that before were done with highly specialized people. You reveal talents, you create joy for them to do things, it becomes inclusive. They learn how to work together, they learn how to help each other. I mean, together is powerful. So I think that, uh, that right there gives a pretty good indication of just how powerful these types of competitions can be and just what the potential is. So now it's Canada's turn. We have some unbelievably talented and motivated students here. And it is time we finally showed them that we actually believe in what they can accomplish right here in Canada. So at a conference rather like this one, earlier on this year, I gave a talk on the power of grassroots innovators to really transform this, uh, this whole industry in the country. And one of the consequences of that was three private donors stepping forward and offering to contribute $30,000 of seed funding to create the first ever Canadian student rocket competition. Um, this will finally give Canadian students an opportunity to be able to take their activities to the next level right here in Canada and showcase to the country and even to the world just what we can do here. <coughs> So fast forward to now, I've been pulling a team together and working to make this, uh, this competition a reality. So I wanted to take the opportunity today to officially announce that this is coming. Um, so for this challenge, we aim to make this an annual event. Uh, we're hoping to uh, put on the inaugural event during uh, the summer of 2019, um, dates to be determined. Uh, and this first year is going to be the beta test year. Um, I have been arguing that there is an incredible groundswell of enthusiasm and talent in this country that's just waiting to, uh, to be unleashed and see what it can do. So this is going to be the year that we prove that, that we make a very visible case that people really do want to do this here and that people really can do this. 
So in structuring this competition, there are going to be three major sub-challenges that people can compete in. There will be two launch challenges, beginner and advanced, and there will be a technology development cha uh, challenge. There's also anticipated to be a lot of public outreach going, uh, going along with this so that we can use the excitement of rocketry to bring space to Canadians in a very visible, very tangible and relatable way. So to look uh, briefly at uh, how this is going to be structured, we've got a beginner and an advanced launch challenge. The beginner is going to look a lot like the uh, commercial off-the-shelf 10,000-foot category at Spaceport America Cup. It will be open to students using uh, commercial off-the-shelf propulsion systems, um, and there will be a payload challenge accompanying this. Then we're going to have the advanced challenge, which will be uh, open to student-built hybrid or liquid propulsion systems. Uh, reaching altitudes of 15,000 feet or greater. Um, and unlike many competitions, this is going to uh, emphasize excellence in systems engineering. So we're going to allow the entrants to define their own requirements, and they will be judged based on how effectively they can produce a vehicle that them, just like it happens in the real world. The competition is also going to incentivize the use of novel concepts and advanced technologies. Then there's the Technology Development Challenge, which is a sort of a unique feature of this competition. Um, and this will be a, an opportunity for teams that want to focus in depth on specific components or subsystems to do that. Um, so if one team wants to do a static firing of a new liquid rocket engine and another one wants to demonstrate a super lightweight liquid oxygen valve and a third one uh, maybe wants to uh, demonstrate a telemetry system, they will be able to take part with those types of projects. We, uh, we want to uh, also be able to engage industry partners with this challenge, allow them to help define the parameters of specific challenges so that they can throw real-world practical problems at a bunch of really dedicated students and see what those students can do with them. It also gives them a chance to see what students really can do in, uh, in the real world and identify skill sets that they might want to hire. Um, for this challenge, there's going to be a, a significant uh, component uh, for demonstrating actual working prototypes, but we want to take this a step further as well. We want to get students to start thinking entrepreneurially about the technologies they're producing. Could there be a business case for what they've developed? Um, and it's envisioned that there will be a sort of Dragon's Den type component to this competition where teams can actually pitch their, uh, their new innovative, uh, innovative uh, component or device to a panel of judges. So what we're ultimately hoping to do with this challenge is to, for the first time ever, create launch opportunities here in Canada for amateur rocketry. We want to use this to incentivize the development of significant rocket and space-related uh, technologies and capabilities that uh, might either go on to uh, help students to get jobs in industry, whether directly related to rocketry or not, but could also help them to create the next generation of Canadian space companies, or just help folks like Bashar to uh, have a strong talent pool of really qualified, experienced individuals that they can draw from. Uh, we also want to use this to break down the silos that currently exist in rocketry in Canada, facilitate the collaboration of these students with partners from government, from academia, and from industry. Uh, 
and also to use this to uh, generate a renewed enthusiasm for STEM education because one of the most powerful aspects of rocketry has always been the fact that it's something tangible and relatable. If people see a rocket launching, even if they don't know the first thing about rocket design, they can on some level understand what they're seeing and understand the level of excellence that is necessary to make that happen. And so we want to give people a chance to actually do that and serve as a real example of Canadian exceptionalism that the public can understand and relate to. And finally, we want to be able to use this to elevate the profile of rocketry in Canada, and amateur rocketry in particular, um, and show to people that this is not something that we have to be content to never do in Canada, that we have the skills and the drive to make this happen. Now, I'm also uh, pleased to announce that uh, Base 11 uh, has uh, partnered with us on this competition. So we are going to be the official Canadian partner of the Base 11 Space Challenge uh, to work together to really do something incredible and uh, never before seen in, uh, in rocketry. And this, uh, this was uh, Landon Taylor, the CEO of uh, Base 11's uh, comments uh, on the quality of the students uh, that he was seeing out of Canada. Um, many of which are right here in this room. So uh, you guys have brought us to the point where we can actually do this. And so now we're going to see if we can take this to the next level. I'm also really pleased to acknowledge the uh, many partners uh, within both industry, academia, and the space advocacy community that have been uh, increasingly embracing the idea of this competition. So the hope is that uh, by bringing all of these people together, we can really create something that is going to be unique in this country. Um, also got a message from uh, Professor Jean-Pierre Hickey from the University of Waterloo, who was formerly a research scientist with uh, DLR, the German Space Agency, and is uh, a top expert uh, worldwide on the use of computational fluid dynamics uh, as applied to rocket propulsion systems. My name is Jean-Pierre Hickey. I'm an assistant prof here at the University of Waterloo. I'd like to offer my full support to this great initiative spearheaded by Adam Troporo. It's clear that space will be one of the important drivers of the 21st century economy, and access to space is to become a critical link that enables this economic prosperity. So within this backdrop, the present rocketry competition is an essential ingredient to spur on uh, homegrown innovation in this field. Unfortunately, it's a field in which Canada has played second fiddle for far too long. And this is despite a very deep and passionate talent pool of students here in Canada. So this competition is our opportunity to develop, test, and fire rockets here in Canada with a very supportive community of student rocketry teams across the country. I also hope this competition will help foster Canada's entrepreneurs in this field. Uh, we're at the turning point in Canadian space propulsion uh, where we're really starting to realize that we no longer need to look south or across the pond to uh, realize our dreams and potential. So this is really a, the starting point, and I hope you'll all take part in this great initiative. Thanks. All right, so uh, where we're at today, there's a lot of work that's uh, ongoing to try to make this happen, but we've been making some really good progress. Um, we're in active discussions with the Royal Canadian Air Force, who have expressed an interest in providing us with a place to watch from. Um, we are actively reaching out to the industry sponsors that we're going to need to really make this, uh, make this happen. 
Um, and I promise you that there is going to be a lot more coming up in uh, the weeks and months ahead. So we've seen the level of talent and enthusiasm that exists in Canada. Uh, and this is not a local thing, this is coast to coast. Um, so we want to create this competition for those people, those student innovators uh, and the Canadian grassroots who really want to be able to pursue these types of activities here in Canada. Um, we uh, would encourage you guys all to check out uh, the website uh, shown here, sign up, register your interest, and as we move forward in putting this competition together, we want to hear from you guys so that we can make something that is going to be as beneficial as possible to everybody involved. So uh, I'm really looking forward to uh, seeing what we can uh, do with this and uh, working together to uh, create something amazing. Thanks so much, guys. Well, that's a wrap on this episode of Space Q's Short Takes. If you have comments on this episode, you can email me at podcast at spaceq.ca or you can post them with the accompanying article on our website at spaceq.ca. If you're on Twitter, you can follow us at Canada in Space, where we post updates and breaking news as well. Be sure to sign up for our newsletter as we publish curated news and information you won't find on our website. As always, if you like what we do, please support us on Patreon at patreon.com slash spaceq. And whichever service you use to listen to our podcast, please do us a favor and write a review. And hey, make it a good one. Thank you.